Coming up on today's show, we have our latest news and rumors edition. This is next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 219. It is Friday, June the 14th. And my name is Adam. Right. That was Adam. I am John, as you may have heard before, once or twice. I've heard of you before, yes. You've heard of me before? <laughs> yes. Why don't we start out by talking about the Fast Pass tiers changing? We mentioned that a little bit on social media for some that followed on that on uh, Twitter. We There were some reactions to it. But the big changes that are coming to the FastPass Plus tier system. On the same day that Galaxy's Edge opens, uh, nearly all rides, including Alien Swirling Saucer, Slinky Dog Dash, Toy Story Mania, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, and Rock and Roller Coaster will become Tier 1 attractions, meaning guests will only be able to pre-select one of these attractions as a FastPass Plus reservation in advance of their visit to the park. The lone exception is Star Tours, the uh, Adventures Continue, which will right. remain a Tier 2 attraction. Of course, Smuggler's Run, when it opens, will not have FastPass Plus at all. Now, of course, all the shows will remain Tier 2. Right. Essentially, what this means is amongst anything that's a ride, with the exception of Star Tours, you would be choosing as a tier just one of these as a Tier 1. And, of course, you can choose two Tier 2s. Any thoughts about that yourself, Adam? I imagine that the new Fast Pass tiers will have some people in tiers. Um, oh. Boo. <laughs> was that the Princess Bride? Boo. Actually, I was thinking it was more oh. along the, the Sims. Oh. Boo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's taken away. That's almost taken it as far back as the reference I made. Anyway, so... I'm not surprised by this. I guess they're doing this because the anticipated crowds. They don't want to uh, have every ride like overwhelmed. So they are trying to force this, force people to get Muppet Vision 3D fast passes <laughs> as their <laughs> tier two. And well, I mean, if you're gonna pick, yeah, you get to pick three a day, right? So you right. can only pick one of the more popular ones. So yep. that's gonna make. Availability, I think, for some of these other attractions. I still feel like people mainly are going to go for the Slinky Dog Fast Pass as their number one. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be the majority. I could be wrong. It could be Toy Story Mania, truthfully. But it's, it, regardless, yeah, I think it's going to be something in Toy Story Land. Let's put it that way. Right. It's going to be Slinky. Right. Most likely Slinky. Slinky, and then just just under that will be Midway Mania. Here's where the kicker is. If Star Tours is Tier 2, it's going to be the most popular Tier 2. It might mm -hmm. actually increase wait times for Star Tours. Mm -hmm. I think that's the idea. They want more people riding Tier 2s, so they're going to force people to be, you know, in the Indiana Jones stunt show and well, Muppet Vision my point and with Frozen. Well, yeah. Yeah, but here's my thing. My point with that is you're putting Star Tours down there in Tier 2. It's going to be the obvious choice that everybody's going to pick as one of their Tier 2s. You see what I mean? Because you, yeah. you still can only pick two initially. 
So it's going to probably overload Star Tours as a fast pass. Yep. And I don't know. Then you pick one other amongst all those. I mean, it's not going to help the rest of those attractions because they're only going to be able to pick one other one. And I believe among those, it's going to probably be a tie or between Disney Junior Dance Party and Frozen yeah. Sing Along. Yeah. You know, for the next most popular Muppet choice. Vision 3. Well, what's going to end up happening is Star Tours will be, you know, booked out. And anybody who's picking that third Fast Pass at 30 days or so is going to be stuck with Muppet Vision 3D and Beauty and the Beast live on stage. So they got to pick one and just burn it or go actually see the show. And another thing is, what's that going to do as far as Star Tours being a like a day of Fast Pass? Will it change the availability? Or even day before? I don't know. It could. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. August the 29th rolls around. Yeah. We'll see how... Well, actually, what? When is that? The end of this month, I guess, really, right? Yeah. That'll be the 60-day mark. Yeah. You'll have to you'll have to look at the fast pass when the I don't know when's that it's not going to be exactly June 29th it's going to be close to that though because there's 31 days and maybe it's June 30th would be the day mm-hmm. for August 29th because there's 31 days in July if I yeah. got that figured right so. yeah I think it would be as far as the challenge goes you're gonna have to road drop Hollywood Studios anyway, so it doesn't really affect you if you're running the challenge at least until November second, currently. Because well, it would be stupid yeah. not to start with Hollywood Studios and try to get everything done. Right. I think it would actually help you. Yeah, you're true. You're not gonna have any fast pass that you're gonna do right now. Yeah. Good point. So it's not gonna for parkeologist. Yeah. I guess we could call that a term. <laughs> Which. We always somehow tie every news story back to parkology somehow, but yeah, it seems to be the thing lately. Right. <laughs> but anyway, for that, it's not even going to be a factor because that six a.m. start time and no fast pass during that time yeah. period. So because yeah. they're going to want to be out of there before seven or right at seven. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. for everybody else, I mean, there might be shorter lines, believe it or not, for Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster because of this because. No doubt in my mind that the FastPass Plus system in general actually increases standby times for all attractions. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll also show with Smuggler's Run. It'll have a long line, but that line would be like two to three times longer if you had FastPass because yeah. of how many FastPassers they let in in comparison to the standby line. Yep. So if you're not letting any of those in, yeah, that's going to significantly decrease the wait time. So when we find out what it is, whatever it is, just imagine that like times three, and then you'll see what it would have been like if they had had fast pass that day. So. <laughs> right. All right. Weird. Moving along. Well, speaking of, we keep talking about parkology stuff, so why not throw in the one about Wildlife Express Train and Rafiki's Planet Watch are returning July 11th. That impacts the yes. challengers. <laughs> And um, adds another ride to Animal Kingdom Park. Increases the ride to 48, right? It'll be open at that point in time. Yeah. So it just keeps going up, yeah. Not only that, I think the express train to go there and back is like, I don't know, like 10 minutes, somewhere in that range. I think so. I remember riding it 
before and literally just stayed on the train and came back. I don't remember how long it was, but it does, you know, you have to load and unload the train. So 10 minutes is probably at least that amount of time. So, yeah, that'll be a kicker for sure. Yeah, that's definitely not a fun one to add to the mix because just increases the uh, time there for sure. And the only thing that would be a question mark about it to start with is the fact that it's reopening and there's going to be new experiences. Is it how, is it going to increase like the the popularity, I should say, of the attraction yeah. itself to start with? Like, is it going to be more? Is it going to be more people wanting to get over there? That that will factor in as yeah. far as that goes. It may have to actually be a wait for. The, yeah. Well, anyway, another big news. I guess we call it big news. The Disney Villains After Hours at Magic Kingdom oh, is yeah. now underway. Right. It's happened. And um, some of the reviews I saw of, of, like, the vloggers that went to the original or the first one seemed pretty impressed with it overall. I think they, the it was just a they I heard one describe it as, like, a totally different feel to Magic Kingdom in general. It's not like the Halloween party so much. It's a little... I guess darker. Yeah. More geared toward I mean, I don't know, an edgier right. show for Magic Kingdom, I guess. I mean, the, yeah. My wife characterizes this really well. She was like, "So this is a party at the Magic Kingdom hosted by hell, essentially?" <laughs> Cuz I mean, Hades <laughs> is basically the host of the party if you think about it. I mean, the whole show yeah. is basically him doing everything so yeah. it's like yeah we watched well i mean i'm sure there's been some people that walking through magic kingdom felt like they were in hell but, <laughs> depending um, on the time of year yes depending on yeah depending on the time of year and depending on their attitude approaching mm. it i mean i thought it was kind of interesting that they're thro- throwing doing a throwback to the villain that's of hades really as him hosting it yeah i'm like yeah is a bit dated and not usually I mean, they haven't used it a lot, I yeah. should say. It's not really considered, like, one of the better ones of the Renaissance era, so... I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it, personally. I mean, I, I especially enjoy Meg's snarky character. Yeah. characteristics, but... I don't know, I just... Was, I don't know. wasn't one of my favorites as a kid. It was interesting in that show, though, when you see Meg up there with Hades yet again, I was like, why is she, like working with him since yeah. we know how the movie ends. It right. just didn't... Something was... I mean, I, that crossed my mind. I don't know if it would cross everybody's mind. Right, it did. I was um, wondering that, too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was where like, are you going to get this connection from? Yeah. It, yeah I don't know. But, that was a lot of it. But strange. Then, yeah, then, of course, you know, it, it transitions to other villains, Jafar, uh, Dr. Facilier. Yeah. Several of the villains were involved in the show. It seemed like a pretty entertaining show overall. The whole, like, dancers... They were a little bit scantily clad, a little bit. So I was thinking that would didn't really go with Disney's overall image usually. Like, yeah. But I guess because they're villains, that's why they did it. Right. Maybe they think after hours you're going to get more adults and less kids anyway, and so and maybe they're especially with the price tag. Right. Yeah. Maybe they're banking on having the majority of the crowd be older anyway. Right. So also in this event, Captain Barbosa was right. in Pirates more than once, I guess. 
<laughs> right. Because he's on the ship, but he was also on the bridge, like when they did uh, right. that other character. So Gunpowder Gun Pete was up on that Right, Gunpowder Pete. So he was able to move pretty quickly. He got off that ship and ran over to the bridge pretty quickly. Yes. Just ran. Down that sewer <laughs> and got to the car. Exactly. Got to the bridge. <laughs> right. Anyway. I, who in the world is going to get that reference? Besides me. <laughs> I don't know. There's probably. I would be shocked. If there's someone listening to this show that actually gets that reference, please let us know. We would love to know that you got that reference. Yeah, because that is very obscure. <laughs> anyway. All right. So the person in playing Captain Barbosa, from what I saw, was pretty impressive. I mean, the voice and everything. Yeah, it was actually not bad. Yeah, I, I, I will agree. It's better than Gunpowder Pete, uh, made up yeah. character. Well, so. We don't. We don't know what he sounds like, so right. <laughs> we have no idea what kind of impersonation that Piccolo was. Piccolo Pete. Yes. Anyway. And the fact that they had a couple of people all throughout the queue, I guess they're just adding a little touch to it, but right. just something here and there. I think at the Halloween party, they did have a couple of people in the queue as well for the Halloween did party. They? Yeah, they added Maybe that. And it seemed like Space Mountain was exactly the same as the Halloween party as well, where they just literally turn all the lights off, even the lights in the tunnel. Which Yeah, they just managed yeah. to make Space Mountain darker than and it was. Even more terrifying. I actually wanna try that because Yeah. The last time when we did the Space Mountain, I forgot to mention this during the Parkology run, People Mover was down, obviously, which we had talked about that. But they had the lights on in the People Mover Tunnel while we were riding Space Mountain. So I could actually see all of the tracks still while we were riding oh, Space Mountain. It was, it. Right, it was obviously darker than if the Space Mountain lights were on. But you could still see the track. I could see where we were headed. And it was actually like not really that... Like Once you see where you're going and you know turns are coming or a little right. dip is coming, it's really you can prepare for it versus... If you're in pitch blackness, it would be very interesting <laughs> to uh, ride it that way where you can't see anything at all, not even yeah, kind of get a hint of where you're going. Well, truthfully, I know people always, you know, have make a big deal about the lights being on in Space Mountain. Right. But at the same time, if you're riding that ride with the lights on, it really takes one of its biggest effects away because one of the things about Space Mountain is that darkness increases the sense of motion i mean right yeah for those of you that don't know space mountain only travels at 28 miles an hour that is right. it but yeah. when you're in the complete darkness you don't know where that next turn is you don't know and and it increases the sense of motion that's what really makes the ride yeah it it, it does rely heavily on it being dark <laughs> to get the full experience really but with it being completely dark, like you just said, that would be like being, not being able to see anything, yeah. not even in the tunnel or anything like that. I guess the only place you can see is whenever uh, you're getting on the ride. Hopefully, they don't put you totally in the dark. That'd be that'd be quite an experience. They right. have the queue line, queue line in the dark and everything else. <laughs> right. Hopefully, you get in straight, and you know we're not even checking the restraints because we can't see them. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They have flashlights for that. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the experience I want to see. Like you got to find the ride first, <laughs> right. then you wander, get to experience it. You got to wander through the queue in total darkness, and then try to find your way to the loading area. That's the one I want. To 
Well, people have flashlights on their phones these days. It wouldn't be that big of a right. Thing. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. There would still be the glow of phones. You're right, going off yeah. the ground, the people, queue line. Right. Yeah. Wow, we managed yeah. to kill five minutes talking about Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyway, Some, to, somehow. Yeah, to me, it seemed like this was a Halloween party dressed in after hours drag. If that makes <laughs> sense, because. You still could get the free, like, Mickey bars and stuff, but yet they added all this extra food that you had to buy. So not only are you spending $125 for a ticket, but they have all these extras that you can purchase that aren't included with the price of the ticket. So it makes it like a Halloween night worth of price for a shorter event. That is almost as crowded. I mean, it seemed much more crowded than other after-hours events. Yeah, I feel like they actually sold a few more tickets mm-hmm. than they did the regular one. Maybe it sure looked like it. it. Yeah. But I find it hard to believe that as many dates as they have this scheduled for, that they're going to be able to sustain the... The, the crowd level, the, yeah. The repeatability, yeah, the right. crowd level. Because this was the first true. one. Everybody with a camera is going to show up for the first one because they want to be the first right. to see it. But I don't think it's going to be sustainable too long. But it's, especially as many events as they have at the price tag they have, I just find it hard to believe that people are going to spend. Like, if you went to the first one, why are you going to continue to spend that yeah. kind of money? Yeah, if you're local? like a local or whatever, yeah, you're gonna. Yeah. You're not going to keep coming back. It's not worth it. I mean. Yeah. To me. There you go. Just um, go to the Halloween they, party. You mentioned. Yeah, you mentioned the treats, though. Um, I think at least one of them, maybe two of them, were introduced at the Halloween party, right? Mm, some of them looked very similar, didn't they? The one that I liked looks very similar to one of the ones they do at Oga's Cantina. I think it's the Carbon Freeze at Oga's Cantina, but where they this one was like the Magic Potion one, where it's bubbling. Oh yeah. It's like it's like Strawberry Fanta or something, but it's just bubbling. I don't know what exactly they put in there to make it bubble, but it's actually really neat. And uh, yeah, that's that cool effect one. aside, I would probably hate it because I'm not a big Fanta anything. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of those fruity soft drinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a big fan of soft drinks in general anymore. Like I don't really yeah. drink them very often. So well, especially the fruity ones. Yeah, right. So not a big. That's that's just my. Yeah. My opinion. Right. But I I would try something like that just for uh, the event. If I was going to be there, you might as well. But um, it's just kind of a cool thing. It's a good Instagram thing, right? So that's why Disney does it. Well, the cast of Toy Story 4 showed up at Hollywood Studios recently, which kind of wish I was there because Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, Keanu Reeves was there, like... The whole yeah, crew, pretty, basically. Tony Hale. Yeah, pretty good uh, cast as far as uh, stars go. Yeah. Kind of like Annie Potts was there, too. Yeah, Established. Bo-Pete. Tony Hale. He's um, Christina Buster, Hendricks. right? Yeah, from Rest of Development, yeah. I remember seeing his picture. I mean, seeing him in the picture and thinking, oh, it's Buster. That's all I could think of. I couldn't think of his real name. Right, yeah, Tony Hale. And then Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. That's where I know her from. And then, of course, Keanu Reeves for, from Keanu Reeves. Like, he's Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. He's just awesome. Like, everyone loves Keanu Reeves all of a sudden. 
I don't know how long it's going to be there, but they have this like mobile home <laughs> thing in front of Walt Disney Presents to oh. promote the movie right now as you're walking yeah, into Toy Story Hopefully Land. not long. <laughs> Looks like it was raining that day when they were there, too, and of course. Just typical Florida stuff. It would have been cool to see... The, especially like the Tom Hanks and the Tim Allens and like you said yeah just to be there when they were there it is pretty cool Tom Hanks has aged quite a bit but he's still Tom Hanks it's awesome he's still Woody he's still <laughs> right he will be Woody until the day he dies <laughs> right alright so a bit of an update I guess here as we see still progress coming on the Tron coaster yep. uh, with there being some support beams installed as well looks like the the coasters really coming along yeah they should uh start enclosing it more very soon yeah the looks of this yeah it looks like they're adding these supports for the part that goes you know uh the outdoor part now because all the part that's been completed so far is going to be the indoor portion and then it goes outside the building and does that part that's under the canopy that will be i guess where speedway was kind of rerouted and where the train is going to have to be i'm really curious to see how the railroad is going to be rerouted or moved or how that's going to look yeah. next to this ride <laughs> it does feel like it would not Fit. I mean, I hope they put some sort of a tunnel or something because yeah. seeing a like steam train that's supposed to be in the 17 or 1600s passing right underneath in plain sight of something like a Tron coaster would be kind of counter theming, I guess. Yeah, it would not fit very well um, because before the way the the, the park was laid out, you may have got a glimpse of it, but you really didn't see it from anywhere in Tomorrowland. I don't ever recall being able to see it. Unless you were on the speedway itself, maybe. That's about yeah, the only time you I could see it, right. I think it. you could see it from the speedway, but that's... Yeah. You could hear it, maybe, going by, but... It was hidden better. Let's put it yeah. that way. Why don't they do something like Disneyland's Railroad, where they add the... Like the uh, diorama stuff, the primeval. Well, that's just what I was thinking. They could build some kind of a tunnel or something right there that looks more futuristic. Yeah. Or fits with the Tomorrowland theming, but have another attraction of some kind. Yeah, like something. Uh, on the inside for the, yeah. I was thinking, you know, because I, I mentioned Disneyland's, the primeval thing, like add the uh, Ellen uh, animatronic and dinosaurs back from... <laughs> From energy, <laughs> Make <laughs> bring them back. It. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't Similar. Think they still have those available for you. They probably destroyed them, unfortunately. But I'm telling yeah, you, like it's a good use for them. Maybe they can do an ode to Horizons. That'd be my vote. <laughs> On the railroad? <laughs> sure, I why not? So. It's in Tomorrowland. I mean, you're supposed to be getting a glimpse of whatever land it is you're passing into. That right? would actually would be interesting. I mean. Maybe they'll move the uh, Epcot model from the People Mover down there. We can watch it from the train. Could be do something something along those lines. I don't know. We're we're just brainstorming on something yeah. that's never going to come to fruition. No, because we're they're not on payroll. 
Exactly, and they're not going to do this. They're just going to stick the train in front of this Tron coaster, and it's going to look stupid, but that's all they're going to do. Because Bob gotcha. Chapik sucks. <laughs> just kidding, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, so according to a permit file with the city of Anaheim, a rather large Spider-Man store will be part of the upcoming Marvel Land. The permit titled Spider-Man Merchandise included the following DCA Golden State Expansion Building 441A New Commercial Construction 2,071 Square Feet Merchandise Building 446 Square Feet for Three Attached Canopies Golden State is the former name of the land that is now Grizzly Peak Grizzly Peak Airfield and Pacific Wharf The address attached to the permit indicates that the merchandise will either be near or a cross from the uh, under-construction Spider-Man web-slinger attraction. There you go. Huh. I mean, that sounds cool. I'm glad that California can actually do that kind of stuff, so it gives me another reason to go out to uh, Disneyland. You know what would be interesting to me is they're doing a Spider-Man attraction. How is it going to compare to the one that Universal did in Florida? Because it's pretty well received. Uh, in fact, it still stands, and it was way ahead of its time back when it was first built in 1999. The the Amazing Spider-Man attraction in um, Islands of Adventure still stands as a pretty impressive attraction even today and a favorite. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what it is Disney puts up. Because you know there's going to be those park goers that are going to compare the two rides. Of course. And how good they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. There it will go. be interesting to see. So I'm going to shift my focus over to food now and discuss Disney, uh, Walt Disney World's, rather, newest restaurant. And that is currently, anyway, before more stuff opens, the Three Bridges Bar and Grill at Villa del Lago at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort is officially open. This is the restaurant that's basically in the center of the ginormous lake uh, in the center of the resort and they built these three bridges and basically connected them to this restaurant that's floating on the middle of the lake. I'm excited about this for one because if you're staying in the outer buildings you can get to the main building faster and you now have a, another dining option which this restaurant is quickly becoming one of the most loaded it's by far the most loaded moderate resort that you can find on property that has sit-down restaurants now uh, once the new tower opens you'll have another one uh, which looks really good I mean the food looks pretty darn good the setting looks really nice there's a lot of nice outdoor seating and of course indoor seating as well it's like a nice bar area it's going to be a very popular spot yeah this whole project has seemed like the the best way for them to improve the experience for their already guests of that go there that are business related mm, conferences and such conference yes the conference goers so it kind of improves the experience for them but it also at the same time attracts people to Coronado Springs that might not have been thinking Coronado Springs before 
I personally, as I've said before, I, you know, it's uh, I enjoy that resort. Mm-hmm. I think some people give it a bad rap as far as being a far away from everything, but I mean, it's not close to any one thing in particular. But it's about equal distance to everything, and it's not that hard, especially if you're driving. I mean, it's actually on a, in a location where it's really easy to find your way around. You just basically go across the bridge, and you're at three, uh, two of the three parks. I mean, two of the four parks. You're you're right there at them when you go just go across the the bridge, pretty much when you turn out of the resort. I mean, it makes it, I think, somewhat easy to get around on property from there. Yeah. So, it's not. I mean, it, it it gets a bad rap, I think, at times. Yeah, it does. That, but I think now uh, it's it's definitely one I'm interested in. We're going to be there in July, so I'm excited to try some of these. I'm looking at the yeah. food items. You know, just the appetizers. There's a like a cheese dip one that's manchego. Looks really good. It looks like it has chorizo sausage in it as well it looks really good the burgers look good they have braised uh, pork tacos they look good it looks like they're homemade like handmade tortillas for the uh, tacos as well this is definitely an upgrade from the dining they had more recently because it was not yeah getting like very good reviews the maya grill and the pepper market back in the old days yeah yeah. There was a time when those were better than they had been, but lately they were not. Yeah. Wow. That's so great. Right. But. Yeah, this is definitely a step in the right direction. The food looks really good. It's moderately priced, too. It's not insanely expensive, you know. For Disney. For Disney, yeah. I'm looking at so a couple examples like uh, chicken biscuit sliders with fries, $14.00. Comes with slaw as well, or, or on them, blue cheese. Uh, the pork tacos are $13. You come with three of them and you get fries. So not not bad, you know. The burger is, how much is the burger? $16. So not, you know, not horrible. Some of the appetizers are all in the, you know, 10 to $15 range. So, so I'm excited to try it. I'm going to take a moment here to pass on a little bit of sad news oh no and uh the passing that happened this past weekend of jim michelson mm-hmm. and uh you may not know the name but you probably have seen the work because he's responsible for posters such as the country bear jamboree hmm. um both both the walt disney world and disneyland railroads and uh the pirates of the caribbean and uh, he passed away this past weekend. He had been fighting prostate cancer since August 2017. Wow. That was not really known publicly until this past April. He worked from the beginning of the Florida Park Magic Kingdom was open. He worked for WED uh, in 1971. As I just mentioned, was responsible for a lot of that poster art. Some some other art. He, he worked on the poster art in the Discovery Arcade as a part of uh, Main Street USA and much of it you know, there's a book out there that's uh, the poster art of the Disney parks by Danny Hand I think that's how I'm saying his name right and Vanessa Hunt if you want to see more of the stuff that's specifically his work you can go check that out yeah definitely that's sad well continuing with my uh, food stuff I was going to talk about Disney you can tell 
when they start throwing discounts around are anticipating low crowds at least from June 11th through July 2nd because they've added 20% discounts for annual pass holders at select restaurants. I was hoping they would make that through like the end of July, but we'll see. Maybe they'll extend it, you never know. But for now, uh, through through uh, early July, you can get 20% off for lunch at Jungle Skipper Canteen, Liberty Tree Tavern, Crystal Palace, Diamond Horseshoe, and Tony's Town Square at the Magic Kingdom. At Epcot, it's Akershush, Beer Garden, Coral Reef, Rose and Crown, and the Garden Grill. You can also get at Hollywood Studios, Hollywood and Vine, Mama Mel Roses, and Hollywood Brown Derby. At Animal Kingdom, Tiffin's, Tusker House. And at the resorts, Yacht, Yacht and Beach, the Ale and Compass. You got ESPN Club, Grand Floridian Cafe, Kona Cafe, Olivia's, Sanaa, The Wave, our favorite restaurant, and Whispering Canyon at Wilderness Lodge. So... All those from 11.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. pass holders and up to three guests get 20% off non-alcoholic beverages and food. Gratuity, of course, not included. Tax not included. Alcohol not included. But still, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, so, sounds good. You've, you've probably made more reservations at The Wave than in any other restaurant on property. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just good. We, we keep going back there. Time and time again, so surely sometimes twice a day. Yeah, don't <laughs> knock it till you try it, and I haven't tried it. That's that's, <laughs> that's this is <laughs> this that's that's great, Adam. Just great. Always <laughs> thinking with your stomach. <laughs> right. You know, someone will get that reference too, maybe. Return of the Jedi. Uh, just what a couple of days ago now, right? Uh-huh. Disney released the first official trailer for Frozen 2, which opens in the theaters sequel. on November the 22nd. I don't know. I mean, this the I haven't really watched the the full trailer just yet. Have you seen it so far? I did watch the trailer. Yeah. I thought it it looked good. I mean, it's Frozen 2. What are you going to, you know, what more can you do with it? It it still interests me, so we'll probably end up seeing it. See, most of the time when I see Disney animation and the words two behind it, <laughs> I usually think instant crap. Straight to video. Yeah. Yes. If you think about it, Lion King, as big as it was, whenever they tried to do two, it didn't turn out so well. Wait, you mean Simba's Pride is not your favorite movie of all time? I don't even know that I've ever even watched it. I just know that it's constantly crapped on. Yeah, I did. I, I'm pretty sure none, like none of the original voice cast was in it. <laughs> right. Maybe one See, or that two. Was, that was some of the same problems they had when they did sequels with Aladdin. Right. You know, I think Disney was just trying to get a few bucks out of you know the video sales, and they didn't have to. Uh, I don't know. Put it in theaters or what have you. I don't right. know. But anyway, this one is going into theaters, and I'm, of course, skeptical of, as to how good it will turn out. I enjoyed the original film, but I, I don't know. Usually when a film is that level big, 
whenever they release a sequel, of course it'll it'll smash the, the box office because people are, you know, wanting yeah. to see more of what they had before. Yeah. But very rarely can they put something together that lives up to not only the hype of a sequel, but captures something that the original had. You know what I mean? Or sometimes they try too hard to just make the same movie again. Yeah. <laughs> is the biggest right. problem. Yeah. They end up doing it. So or, continuing. Yeah. They just do the same formula that worked in the first movie and keep it going and not, right. not try to do anything new or different. So I hope it's not, not something like that. Right. I, I really feel like that's where Pixar differed because they have been successful in the sequel range, obviously with the Toy Story franchise. Toy Story 2 was somehow actually better than Toy Story 1, in my opinion. Yeah, I strongly agree that Toy Story 2 is better. Now, obviously not all of Pixar's movies deserved good sequels, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Cars. (coughs) Cars. Yeah, Um, right. Cars 2 or 3, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, the original one's good, but that's pretty much where it stops. That's where it should have stopped. But... You know, kids will still eat up watching the twos and th- threes still, no matter what. Yeah, if you're That's really into character. it, you will. Yeah. Yeah. Has their favorite characters in it. It doesn't matter the quality after that. Yep. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, all right. Speaking of animation, wanted to throw this one in here and see what your thoughts are of what we know of it. And that's that the uh, Disney Plus service is going to have a new Chip and Dale series, very similar to the Mickey Mouse shorts, the new ones that I know, John, you're a big fan of <laughs> currently. Not this far. I am completely flipped on that one. I love the Mickey Mouse shorts. and But do you like them better than the ones you know, knew before? I I like them because they are full of references to Disney history, Disney, uh, like Walt himself, their old Disney shorts. They even like reference older of you know the Disney cartoons that we grew up with. So um, I think it's brilliantly done. The animation style takes some getting used to. And this one, when you see the clip art, which I will have in our, our on our website for this one, it looks very strange. <laughs> it does not look like Chip and Dale as far as I know. I'm used to the Rescue Rangers, Chip and Dale, which is true to the original Chip and Dale cartoons as well, mostly with Donald Duck back in the old days. Right. Um, these definitely don't look like the same ones, but it's uh, being produced apparently by a French company, it looks like. And it says uh, produced in the UK and France. Collaboration with Disney, so I don't know. But uh, it will debut with 39 episodes of about 7 min- minutes each. So, shorts. They're actually longer than the Mickey Mouse shorts. Most of the Mickey Mouse shorts are like 3 to three to five minutes total so anyway they are going to be shorts and it's not going to be like a remake of the rescue rangers yeah unfortunately because that's what i would be all in for (laughs) i love the rescue rangers man that was that's i was gonna say so obviously they weren't decked out in uh magnum pi and indiana jones (laughs) exactly 
That is correct, yeah. So they're just regular old naked chipmunks. <laughs> they're Chippendale. But yeah, they, yeah, they're somehow... Somehow yeah. some Disney characters are fully clothed with no clothes. Some right. miss pants, and it's okay. You know, clothing, it, it, it depends on who you are as to whether it's acceptable or not, I guess. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is Donald Duck going to make some appearances in these because he it was so... Like, almost all the Chippendale cartoons were Donald Duck ones back in the day, so... Yeah. wonder. Um, Doesn't sound like it. It would be cool if they did that throwback, maybe, in some way. Yeah. But now it's, you were mentioning some of the references they made in there, and I guess I didn't realize just how they did it, so I'm going to have to watch more of these to see what you're talking about. Yeah. They I, throw in all kinds of references. I think I've come to the conclusion that I haven't truly given it a fair shot. I think as soon as I saw the animation, I pretty much turned my mind off to it. Yeah. So maybe I should give it a bit more, another chance, at least, just to see. All right, so to wrap it up, Disney shares clearer images of Illumination's reflections of Earth. Farewell, merchandise. The merchandise you'll be able to find at the park beginning June 17th, which uh, some of this stuff looks pretty cool. Uh, matter of fact, one of the shirts I'm looking at right here looks like it involves a new age Mickey animation involved on it. Like he's blowing out the, the torch on there. Oh, I see. Um, I've said in the past, you know, Illuminations was my favorite nighttime uh, show. And one of the reasons why I think did have a lot to do with it was a good score, I think, a good musical score mm -hmm. that went along with it. I think that was a big influence for me on it. But I always enjoyed just the show in general. I don't know if it's something about that atmosphere at Epcot. I still consider Epcot my favorite personal park. So that might have had something to do with it, too. But And the fact that that show ran for 20 years right at it yeah was uh it's pretty impressive uh pretty much untouched it was only slight difference to the um the name of it that changed really with the show stayed the same mm -hmm. uh for that length of time and uh, it looks like everything coming together i'll be able to see it one last time so are you gonna buy a shirt I don't know. I'm considering it. I don't know. I haven't seen one that just stands out to me right now. I almost feel like I could get a one that more suits my style and, and the non-official merchandise on some place. Public. That's what it was. Okay. Where I found some. You mean um, shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast? Oh. That too. That's yeah. where you can get your exclusive TWTM podcast merchandise. Exactly. So I just worked that one a little earlier. But yeah, I don't see one of the official ones that I'm looking at right now that really stands out to me. To me, that mm -hmm. I would like. I mean, I'm not really like a huge Figment fan, so I see the one with Figment. Yeah, yeah. It's not, but the one with Mickey on it. I mean, I kind of like him blowing out the torch. I guess so. That would probably be the close. That's probably the leader right now. For me, would be that one. But I'm sure there'll be some other ones. So if I see one that comes along that suits my style, I probably will get one. Yeah. Now apparently they have pass holders have an opportunity to get the figment shirt. All right, that's it for me. That does it wraps it up. So as I mentioned just a moment ago, when I well I talked about the spreadshirt store, but you can also find us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, all at 
EWTM podcast. And I will plug it yet once again that we have a Spreadshirt store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. Um, you can go there and get shirts, hats, whatever it is you desire that has our logo on it. That's shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. And if you just forgot what John said, you can go to travelingwiththemouse.com and there's links to it there as well as everything we just mentioned, including our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast. If you help support the show, you will get some bonus content in return. We also have an email address, which is podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. So, for Adam, I am John. This has been Traveling the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. Bye.